podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We're in partnership with Blades Belong on Your Feet, the charity fighting knife crime with ice skating all across the UK. And we are in partnership with the Hockey Art Co, hockey clothing for hockey people, worn by the best and hated by the rest. Listeners to Zero Pucks Given get a 10% discount on everything site-wide at the Hockey Art Co website. So go there and have a little look. This is our Men's Mental Health Special. November is Men's Mental Health Month. I'm going to be sitting down with Scott Finley from the three on three podcast and Ed Archer from the men talk health podcast. It's going to be perhaps slightly triggering for you. We do discuss some personal issues that we've all had and how we've recovered from them. And at the end of the video on YouTube, they will be showing all the relevant numbers and contacts that you might need if you do need to reach out for help. So please don't hesitate to do so. Remember it's not weak to speak. Please enjoy this men's mental health episode with myself, Scott and Ed. Zero Pucks Given in partnership with Blades Belong on Your Feet and the Hockey Art Co. Our men's mental health special for November, the Men's Mental Health Month. I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by my friend from 3 on 3, Scotty Findlay, and Ed Archer from the It's OK campaign and the Men Talk Health podcast. Gentlemen, how are you? Yeah, good. good. I'm good, mate. I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm great. I'm so pleased you've both joined us. Normally, when me and Scott are together, we're talking boxing. <laughs> um, and uh, and Ed, although me and Ed have known each other probably the best part of thirty years, we've uh, we've not seen each other for a, for quite a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the the topic of tonight's tonight's episode really uh, November has been Men's Mental Health Month for a little while now. November um, was kind of one of the first starters of it. I thought, unfortunately, you can see we're all bearded. I'm not, I'm not allowed to do it anymore. It kind of freaks my wife out when I have a. I'm not allowed either, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> But it's it's not for me. I I end up looking like a, a seventies sort of movie star that we we don't watch. So that, it doesn't do work. you go do you go for the handlebar though? Whatever I look like, it, it, it's mugshot material. So it's yeah. not happening, unfortunately. My my my, my father in law is is a wearer of a moustache, so that kind of puts it in the bin for me straight away. Yeah. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I would love to join in on it, but um. Last year, uh, during this, Scotty, you and the guys on Three on Three did an incredibly poignant episode regarding men's mental health. And I believe it was the Bristol Giants that kind of pushed this it's not weak to speak banner amongst a lot of the players in the Elite League and trying to get male fans to communicate as well. Yeah, the Belfast Giants is who it was. Um, the, the, their fan base came together. There's, like Belfast is a tough place. Say? Did I not say Belfast? You called them the Bristol Giants. You're just oh. amalgamating two teams. Yeah. We'll we'll call the <laughs> Bristol. We'll call Bristol the the, the Belfast Pitbulls for the yeah. next episode. <laughs> but no, um, Northern Ireland has one of the highest suicide rates for men uh, across the world. To be fair, so it was an initiative that was fan led. Um, and it just said for people to come together and uh, talk, um, which seemed to go down really well. Uh, there was a lot of leaflets handed out 
to people and they, they take they've taken it up because we don't speak as a whole do we and it was good to see that people felt okay with it and backed it and wasn't shy to back it because you can always do things behind closed doors and secretly be proud of something but just to put yourself out there and not shy away was great to see yeah and and ed i mean i think the it's okay campaign kind of come around before the men talk health podcast but yeah both, both of them have just been incredibly successful do you think as men we're getting better at doing this um yeah i think from when i started like bit of a background like i i went through a quite a horrific mental health and cocaine addiction to the point where well i'm lucky i'm still here put it that way and i started the campaign purely as to be addicted to something else <laughs> something a bit more positive and when i first started the campaign what five years ago now it it was at a point no one was talking it mental health in general wasn't really talked about and if it was it was in its infancy mm. and i wanted to get men to talk because even like i didn't really want to talk about my mental health and i didn't know anyone that did and i think it needed to change and it and it luckily i think over time i think Luckily, in a way, because it's become the new trend, it's the new trendy thing to talk about, which I don't mind calling it a trend, because if it means less men take their lives every year, let it become the trendiest thing ever. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's often, I mean, I've literally, in the last you know, couple of days, I've done an interview with a female hockey player, and mm. I, asked, I asked her about the, about the change of them. And you know, I've experienced, I'm sure Ed's, you know, we play football. I've experienced a boxing changing room. It's a lot of banter, a bit of poke, prod, you know, a little, not bullying. I wouldn't say it's bullying. It's banter. But it's banter. And a female hockey room, I've been informed, is not like that at all. It's all positivity. They're all just bigging each other up, mm. you know, and pulling each other up by their coattails. And that's, is that, do you think the that banter... Is that the final trait of toxic masculinity that needs to be stamped out for, for this to no longer be a stigma? I love that term, toxic masculinity, because it has its positives and negatives. Because, yeah, I think to an extent, yeah, I think the banter, we, us men, use it as, as a masking tool. We're, and we're very good at batting things away using banter or accepting banter as that way of not talking about our mental health. And yeah, there is that massive correlation between that and women that just women tend to just talk mm. because it goes back to that primal roles that the women sat around doing all the prep, preparing the food and all that sort of stuff. And they sat around and they talked, they communicated and that's what their job was. Us men had to be strong. We had to be brave we had to go and kill stuff and we had to drag it back to the cave. There was no time to be weak. And unfortunately, that that stuck with us, that primitive urge in the back of our head to go, I'm that big, strong man that I can't show weakness. Mm. And it even comes to that point where we'll, we'll remember it. We're of that age where you fall off your bike or you trip over and you start crying and you, your old man goes, come on, come on, son, big boys don't cry. Mm. And 
it's those little things. And like, I'm not blaming my dad because I've got the best parents, but it's those little because he's got it from his dad and he's got it from his dad and so on and so forth. But it's those that's the beginning marks of where it ends up of men now us going, I'm a big boy, I can't cry. And yeah, it's <laughs> it's such a weird thing. Mm. Yeah, it's it's something that I think that I don't think there's been resistance to it. No, from, especially from God. Another weird phrase: modern men. Mm. I, I mean, God, if you watch Ricky Gervais, what what is modern men these days? <laughs> but the, um, yeah, that's think, a whole different topic and a whole yeah, different yeah. kind of conversation. That's a whole different podcast. I think I don't think we can we can go down that road. No, but, but what I find is. I've always been a particularly open person with in a one-on-one situation. I'll talk about my feelings. I'll talk about how I'm feeling. Uh, I mean, you sort of shared similar what you've gone on with you. I had a, a wobble a few years back. Uh, it was a, it was a really randomly timed phone call from my mum that, that sort of set me on the right path again. Mm. But the, I've never had a, a real problem with talking about it, but I think a lot of the problem with men's mental health, especially from men, is the hypocrisy that for one minute, as you said, it'll be like, Oh, let's talk about our mental health. It's the trend. But then the next minute they'll tear another man down on social media yeah, for, for whatever. And, and I, I bring this up because this evening the news has broken that Matt Petgrave has been taken to Nottinghamshire police to discuss the death of Adam Johnson and the media and some extremely vile people on social media will now start pointing this blame finger again. Yeah, I, I, I saw exactly the same thing and I'm, I was going to bring it up because it's that kind of, unfortunately, it's the media. They have this way of spinning it. So we don't know what the reason behind them asking them to, to him to come in. He might not have been arrested. He might have been asked to come in for questioning because it's a line. A man has died. Yeah. It's a standard procedure. A, yeah. And I think they could have just said, right, can we come in? We just want to cross the T's, dot the I's and make sure everything happened right. But unfortunately, the, the media like to go, he's been arrested on on suspicion of manslaughter and all this sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, and because of it, yeah, social media, the dark side of social media... Yeah, yeah I mean, they, Scott, Scotty, this is your league. Do you know what I mean? And you did an incredibly poignant episode with the guys last week that was beautifully managed. And I mean, what, what, what's the kind of? The, I mean, obviously, it's only happened in the last hour or so. What's the what's the feeling? Deflation again. It's I know it's uh, very very recent and raw, but you were trying, you were coming to terms with it. Hockey returned to Sheffield this weekend, and. Um, it's not closure, but it's the starting of the healing process for it to begin. And then it's all just come back in the last hour or so. And you, you, you go through a mixed range of emotions and what you're feeling in, in whether you see in these accounts, the media just do not ever get how to account. You've got one high-profile journalist saying he's been charged. Well, it's not true, is it? A charged and being questioned for suspicion are two very, very different things. Mm. A man has died. There is going to be questions that need answering through the court of law that's that's just the thing but i'm reading these comments again and i'm like uh, um i'm gonna sound obviously i 
I've got to listen to someone tell me about the sport that I've watched for nearly 25 years to someone who's never watched it. And they can say that this is manslaughter. They can say he meant it. They can say he did this. And there's no, there's no, there's no comeback for that. And that's the whole thing with mental health. It must be so, because I'm angry. I feel angry right now and it's all brought it back up. So I, I want to express myself. Um, and uh, you get to a point where you do want to be toxic back. That mm. is that is the norm, and it does, it's not the way to go. But then talking about it helps. I said about the you mentioned the episode we did last week. I wasn't there. It's not my team, but it affected me. But David was there, and it's been so good to listen to people talk about their experiences, and, and that's what I feel like podcasts do in that sense. It really helps you talk and express yourself because you're not thinking about it. You know, if you're having a one-on-one conversation, you probably are a little bit more guarded, but when you get into an environment of podcasts and talk to your friends, I feel you are more opened up um, and that really does help. And Ed was going on about like, sorry, I'm going off on one here, but Ed was going on about how you brought up from the caveman days and how it wasn't expected to be a man. I know that needs to change, but I also mm. don't want lads to stop having fun. There, there, there is an element that you should be able to have a, a, a joke. I don't want it to be like, oh, you're a twat, you're a twat, a twat, but we still need to remember to laugh at each other. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where we need to find a fine line. Well, that's, yeah. a difficult, that's a difficult thing for men to do, isn't it, mate? <laughs> we never know where that line is. That's the thing. <laughs> like, But I think... Like laughter is one of the best medicines, especially I'm not saying like other people should laugh at your misfortunes and what you're going through. But the first step, like when you're looking back on stuff, is just to laugh and just go, what an idiot I was or whatever happened to be able to have that. But I think where men, uh, the majority of men use humour as a masking tool or, well, for me, if I'm in an awkward situation, I have to make a joke out of it. Yeah. And sometimes that's the worst thing you can do. But that's my coping mechanism of awkward situations. But I think sometimes having a laugh and a joke doesn't mean you're not going to help people open up. Like yeah. one of my best mates, James, he's we we get on really well and we can we can open up to each other, but it's in a laughy jokey taking the mick out of each other. But we know we're unloading and telling each other how we feel. Yeah. So I think laughter laughter is the best medicine. It's, yeah. a, it's really cliche. Do you think for guys then, that kind of creates like a, I mean, I'm going to go, uh, Scott will know when we talk boxing, I tend to go off on wee tangents. I'll, I'll take like a superhero reference, like in Doctor Strange, where they've got the mirror dimension and you can practice all your magic in the mirror dimension and it doesn't affect anything else. Yeah. I think, I think that's where men can use their humour to create a bubble with other men where you can unload talk about how you're actually feeling without fear of judgment without fear of persecution and that if you can laugh at yourself other people laughing with you not at you is, is an incredible healing tool i think as well with with making it a bit of a joke because then people can't tell whether you're being deadly serious or not if like you, you're unloading, so you're feeling better. But actually, people might take not take it fully on board. And if you do feel like you've said something a bit too much, or you 
wished you hadn't have said it, it's cool because they probably thought you were just having a laugh. Yeah. So like you say, it's like that little bubble. It's that kind of, oh, well, I'm just laughing about it as well. Yeah, but it's such a thing in in sport, particularly (laughs) as we go back to this toxic masculinity. Mm. Um, And in a sport like hockey, which is, uh, you know, quite macho, it's, uh, you know, one of the rare sports other than combat sports where they still let you fight. Yeah. Um, It's, you know, it's very physical. But I think a lot of the young men, and it is, let's be honest, Scotty, it's a lot of young men these days. It's not many guys in their late 30s or early 30s still playing. But do you think that they're now growing up in an environment where they will feel comfortable to talk? Uh, yes and no. As we said, this was a very macho sport. It's a sport that um, Americans and Canadians come across and they're, they're not bringing their wives and girlfriends. Um, and in, in yesteryear, they had free range, shall we say. And there was no social media. There was no nothing about. So it's a very different sport in that sense because they're not coming over here to see the ladies let's let's be honest so i feel they have to be a bit more open and it is getting better for for each individual player to talk so can it be a hundred percent better yes you can but it's it's not totally ignored and i always say we had a an episode about pride jerseys being sold last year i thought it was just for a tip box and that's what you don't want it to become uh, a tick spot because we did the pride jerseys. The rainbow flags were out for a month on everyone's Twitter. And then it was just, let's move on again and forgetting about uh, that's not what the elite league and other ice hockey leagues need to be doing. It needs to be more than a tick box. And especially with the events that's happened recently, uh, I think some clubs have really excelled and shown that they are taking it very seriously. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, I've spoken to a few players since that incident and it's in it's in the back of their heads now. Yeah. Every, every time that they go in for a hit or the, there's a slight clash. Uh, when I, I spoke to Damon Porter, a Canadian player who was playing over here last week, um, in the first game back, he took a stick blade to like literally right between the eyes. And when he came up and there's blood dripping from his face, the whole crowd was like, <laughs> because it's so fresh. Mm. And and he said even him, as soon as he went down and he saw the blood, he said that's, that's all he was thinking of was that. And that's that's a different area of mental health, isn't it, for men? Because that's like a that's a PTSD, effectively. It is, yeah. By pro- by proxy as by well, because pro- they've not experienced it themselves. Themselves, yeah. But it's that it's then it, it becomes an anxiety, doesn't it? It does affect you because it's well, it's that fear. I don't want it happening to me. And yeah, I think unfortunately, like like you mentioned with like the pride and stuff like that. It becomes a tick box because it's only done at certain times of the year. And and certain posts are only put out at certain times of the year. Like you've got well like World Mental Health Day and suicide, probably World Suicide Awareness Day and then men like mental health month. They're the times where mental health posts go out. Mm. That should like any with anything that you're passionate about to preach should be going out on a regular basis at least once a week. And yeah, I think for me, for me, if I was to see that weekly, I think the mentality changes. Oh, it's not just they're doing it because they feel they have to. Yeah. And I think well, that they're the things that potentially are the, are the next step because then it will help 
players and and fans of all sports want to open up more. Yeah. Well, all, almost because of Blimmingwall. If, you mm. know, like it, that. If you're just you, know, you, 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 you scroll past it, but it will stay in your head a little bit, bit. like a and... DFS sale. Everyone yeah. knows there's always a DFS sale. Yeah. Never ends. But, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. They've got a new yeah. sale, and it and it comes out, and it's and they're always advertising. But you know, if you go, oh, I need a sofa, I'll probably go to DFS because they've got probably got a sale. Yeah, and like you say, subliminally, if you keep throwing. Even if it's a, the number for the Samaritans or just a statistic post, every so often, like you say, it just it's ingrained. Then yeah. is that something I really I'm get sorry, annoyed with? Sorry, I really get annoyed with it, especially with the NHL and ice hockey. Every every year, bow, let's talk, and all you get about half the NHL tweet it, and then the next time they tweet is a year later when they just send that tweet out again. Probably get paid to do it. Well, it doesn't do anything. It just no. for that day. So that day they get a few clicks and likes, and that's that's a disingenuity of people when they talk about supported mental health. A lot of them are doing it for their own game. Mm-hmm. That's and where we need to really clamp down. That's that's what I, I made that point on on our on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. When it becomes a trend for influencers or high or celebrities, sports people to jump on to boost their following or their interactions when they throw out this token mental health. Like, I've seen it so many times when you've seen a... Like, when Matthew Perry, he's a good one to talk about, bearing in mind he was an amazing hockey player and he was a hockey fan as well. Mm. We don't know the ins and outs of his death, but we we have a very good idea of the ins and outs of his struggles across his life. And as soon as he's passing, no no one cared about his addiction or his mental health when he was alive. I never posted saying, this is the person that needs help. As soon as he passes away, there's a part, everyone is posting about it. Mm. And it becomes that thing of, oh, look, he's, he's, he's relevant. So he's going to get those likes, those fo- follows, those comments. And I think... If people, if, if mental health, the message wants to become more genuine, the likes of these sports people, if they truly believe what they're preaching or at least posting, that needs to be like at least weekly or at least monthly to prove, look, this actually is a problem. Yeah. The uh, On the subliminal side of it, Ed, I mean, pe- people that are watching us on YouTube will see the... Um the three logos of our podcast at the bottom there. Mm. Um, the logo for the Mentor Health podcast is incredibly powerful. Mm. Um, and that's, I, I, I came across it actually before I even knew you were involved in it. Mm. And it, it, it just, as I was flicking through, I saw it and I was like, wow, that's really yeah. spoken to me because that's how, as, as a, you know, a man, I'll go, go to work, come home, wife, daughter, job, podcast, all this stuff to think about. You have to decompartmentalize your brain, mm. but you you forget that all these other things you're doing about. It, you've also got the anxiety, the worry, the you know financial burden. It's it's all there. Yeah, and, and that's yeah that was an incredibly powerful image. I think I think it, like you say, it is those little things that we wanted to make a like we wanted to make that logo to be able to go like 
you can talk about your mental health, you can talk about all these things, but they're always going to be up there. There is always going to be more than one thought. And unfortunately, BIM ADHD myself, I've got all those thoughts plus a million other things that I see and it's an amazing idea all the time. So I think to be able to show people, look, you've got all these things in your head and it's okay to have them all in there, but you've got to talk about it. Ed, out of interest, if you don't mind me asking, when were you diagnosed with ADHD? Because that's not something that was really spoken about when we were young. It was, but we know what the uh, connotations were. You were the you were the naughty kid at school. You didn't have ADHD. You were yeah. just a little shizer that just caused trouble. So at the moment, I haven't haven't got my full diagnosis yet. I've, but I'm going through that process. I initially got diagnosed by a he was an unconscious mind therapist. So he does a lot of like kind of activities and stuff with you where you stand there and you, you close your eyes and you imagine yourself in different scenarios and stuff like that. He he literally went, yeah, your ADHD, it's off the chart, but I can't, but you've got to go through the process. So, yeah, that's now, that's unfortunately, it's the in thing now. There's a lot of people self-diagnosing on social media, oh, my ADHD, because I think about more than one thing at a time. No, yeah. that's just that's just an overactive brain. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one. There's, I mean, me and Scott have actually spoke about this on 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 our other podcast with with things like ADHD, <laughs> autism, things that are, are now huge. <clears throat> when we were younger, was never spoken about. So when you consider it's... the the time scale of that, oh. You know, if we were to put that into this context, could we say in 15, 20 years that men's mental health will be taken very seriously and discussed at length like things like ADHD and autism? I I believe it'll be a lot sooner than that, only because you think the reason we've had a rise in all these kind of this, everything's more, everyone's more aware of a lot more things is technology, like 15, 20 years ago, we wouldn't be doing this. No. Like, you couldn't do that on a Nokia 3330. So, like, and and you think of the progression from when we used to have kickabout in Brightlingsea to to now. That was, what, 25 years ago? Yeah. And how much technology has changed, and in turn, the research behind it. And I think... It also helps that more people are being more open because without people going and saying, I'm struggling, I'm hurting, my like my head hurts from how much I'm feeling low, we wouldn't have this progression. So I think, I personally think within the next three to five years, there'll be a considerable jump. I hope so. Because the technology yeah. is also <laughs> half to blame for it, isn't it? The, the the it's it's a double edged sword. Rise and that's and a, fall. It it's is like two steps forward and one step back. Because, like you said about these people that self diagnose, because some idiots on TikTok and Instagram say making a joke of it, really, and then you're mm. that is putting it into your brain. I I mean, especially over the last few years, I always thought it, I wanted to be famous. I, I now don't uh, because. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. We'd like the the money of someone being famous. Who wouldn't? <laughs> but like the benefits. The benefit, yeah. But I just as uh, I, you look on a star's account and the tweets and the stuff they get below, 
mm. and everyone's an expert and you can so easily access someone for me i i think i'd crack under the pressure uh, i'm a I, I fly off the handle at most situations so if i was in that situation where i've got joe blogs and hundred thousand others slagging me off or saying something nasty about me mm. i wouldn't i wouldn't cope with it would not cope oh that that just, it baffles me on a daily basis like I started the campaign. I do this on off the back of me having a job, having a family. Like, if I have any spare five minutes in my day, it goes on my campaign or the podcast. I still get trolled. On a mental health account, I get trolled on a daily basis or told I'm wrong or told I'm this. There was a post I put up, and after a while, like, my wife said to me, just delete it because it's causing you too much stress. Like, it was a post to say... 115 men a week commit suicide. Now, looking back, I've been told to use the word commit, like commit suicide, is wrong by nowadays terminology because it can be the connotations of when suicide was illegal and you're committing a crime. Cool. But the amount of people that focused on the terminology and not effectively the 6,000 men a year taking their life because they can't talk, blew my mind. I was like, who cares? I could say, well, I'm not going to, but horrifically worse words than commit suicide. Let's look at the the 6,000 men in the UK alone that take their own lives because they just can't cope anymore. And, yeah, like like you say, it's the fame's got its benefits, but... The social media side just being ripped apart, especially I do nothing but try and do good. Yeah. And you're still getting trolled. <laughs> That's the hypocrisy that I mentioned earlier, wasn't it? That it's just, you know, these are the same people that will share, you know, mental health posts here, there, and the other. And then they'll tear someone down anonymously <clears throat> from oh, behind a keyboard. Do, do you know what? I have a bit of a sick hobby. And it is on Facebook, usually on posts like the, the Sun or the Daily Star when a celebrity, usually a female celebrity, is on a beach and they're taking photos. I have this thing of, like, it must be the ADHD in me. If so, if I see someone trolling, I'll their account and I will scroll until I find that profile picture that says, be kind. And yeah. I will put, and then I will reply, this you. And I just, I do that. And my, my most of goes, you've got way too much time on your hands. And I'm like, <laughs> No, I just want to point out massive hypocrisy because if you're going to preach be kind and mental health and all this sort of stuff, don't then go and rip someone apart as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that hypocrisy. Yeah, and it's these people, I, I find, it would probably be these people that are struggling and they need yeah. they need to talk to someone. About... It's through insecurities. Yeah. It's insecurities and some, and a lot of the time jealousy. Yeah, with celebrities, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, major. Jealousy is the major one for me. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I mean, there's so many different types, isn't there, of, of the, the kind of problems that men can have. I mean, personally, myself, I, I felt trapped. I was in a I was in a job that I couldn't get out of. I wasn't having the best time in my marriage. I wasn't sure I was being a good dad. It was, felt I had no way out. And at that point, I felt I had no one to turn to either. Like I said, it was a, a very randomly timed phone call from my mum that was I was probably hours away from doing something quite stupid and yeah and the and then the phone call from my mum who, who obviously if people don't know my mum lives in Spain I don't get to see her that much but 
that was then like well that that went off in my head it's like that's a sign yeah, yeah. because how could she possibly know in that moment that i had no one to talk to yeah and that that's the that's the thing it's I don't believe in this whole fate and all this sort of stuff. I, I'm one of those believers. You create your own destiny and you create your own, you open your own doors and stuff like that. But stuff like that still freaks me out because, like, I've had similar kind of things where you're in a position and you just get a phone call or a text or whatever at just the most opportune time. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, I'm the opposite. I actually am a massive believer in fate. <laughs> I've, I've got it tattooed across my chest. <laughs> so, I'm hoping you do believe then. Yeah, I do. I do believe. <laughs> I do believe. But it's and this, I mean, I'm probably only talking four years ago, five years ago. Mm. I can't, but the the difference then in me personally and the environment, not only the environment that I'm in, obviously my life is just tenfold happier than it was. But the I, I now feel comfortable in reaching out to I could reach out to Scott. Me, me and Scott have only actually met once. <laughs> and you know it's because I was working in his area and I popped in his house and we've been doing the a boxing podcast now for mm. you know six seven months but I, I could message Scott and say I, I'm struggling I need to talk to you about something um I, I had my friend message me yesterday who's you know he's an eternal worrier worries about everything and 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 I now feel comfortable enough to I can reassure him I guess that's right yeah. you haven't got to worry about that if that happens then that happens and you'll be fine I, I think sometimes like it doesn't matter how you like I think social media is a, is a help in that like that connection you can make connections with people that you you could never have done 20 25 years ago like mm. you it was it was you had to make that connection face to face and I think like Matt and Haley that I do the podcast with I've known I've only known them since January like and people have gone. Oh, you must get on really well. You must be really good, mate. I'm like, no, we've just got the same passions. We've got the same. We've got the same issues. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you bond over common things. And we've all got this common thing to do to do good. And like you say, like I rep like with Matt especially, like because we're both guys as well. I know I can phone him up at any time of the day. And he'll answer the well, he might not answer the phone. He might go, Why is he ringing me at this stupid time? But he'll always text and go, You're right, mate. You sure everything okay? And all this sort of stuff. And I know he'd be there when, whenever. Yeah. And I think, yeah, nowadays with social media, with technology as it is, you can make connections with people and it doesn't matter about time as long as you know you can talk to people. And that's why I think men's mental health will get there and it will get there faster than we think. You, you've got that yourself, haven't you, really, with Dave and John, haven't you, Scott? Yeah, and well, David's in Sheffield, John's in Cardiff, and we speak daily. Uh, we've got even with uh, the chat we have, a WhatsApp chat. There's probably about twelve of us. There's guys from Wales, Scotland, Ireland, England. It's an integral part of my day to keep things going to talk about ice hockey. Like we, I do the free on free podcast, and I do the one packing punches with you. That is my escape. I, I really do put a lot because I'm not doing, I'm channeled in my phone's elsewhere and I could just talk about stuff I'm very passionate about. And it really has been my, helped me, my head. I'm not a talker. Never have been. I know that. 
I bottle it up and then I let it all out periodically. But that since I've been doing this for last year, I do open up a bit more. Um, I do use humour as an escape, 100%. Anyone can say that. But I know that and I'm conscious of that and I'm a lot better at letting out my emotions. So, yeah, yeah. And it, the lads, the lads that are in this chat have really helped, really helped because... Mm-hmm. Yes, I've met them in person at the hockey, but some of them I haven't, and some of them I've got I've met since we've been in the chat. And it's a massive point. There's a lot of those guys have been through a lot of trauma this year. There's been some deaths, there's been some illnesses, and uh, we, we've all been there for each other. And then sometimes I have to put my guards up and go, "Oh, lads, let's take the piss out of one of you." I, I will continue to do that. I'm not going to be fake and say. I, I will fully put my barriers down, but where I am from where I was, I'm happy with the progress. Lovely. Has the has doing the podcast helped you, Ed, as well? Yeah. Like I know, like I, I had a brainwave. Like when I started doing the campaign, like when I first started, I just wanted it. It was like a bit of a selfish therapy. Got to later on, I'm like, I'm like. I want to preach this. I want to be like one of those preachers on a street corner, like telling everyone you need to talk about your mental health. And yeah, the podcast is just completely different, different level. Like it's, I never thought I'd be good at stuff like that. I know I can talk the ears off of most people, but when it comes to do, actually being a bit creative about it, yeah, like, and being able to, I think you have an avenue then to be able to invite so many different guests on of all different walks of life from people that suffer to professionals and even celebrities, which hopefully that'll come. But yeah, I think, yeah, it does just help you open up because especially the way we do our podcast, we all sit around my kitchen table, have a cup of tea with biscuits and just sit there and just chat. We don't want it to be like a Michael Parkinson interview. I think if you're in a setting like that where you can just chat, things will just come naturally. And I think it has helped me open up even more than I usually do. Yeah. I'm going to, I mean, if my memory's off, then then by all means, tell me it's off. Years and years ago, there was this thing that came out called Neck Nominate. Yes. And <laughs> people were necking a drink of something. And nominate. I was a freedom fighter for that as well. Yeah. yeah, and then it got a bit silly, and people were drinking some people were dying stupid shit, weren't they? Mm. Um, there is the language warning on this episode, by the way. We can swear. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and Ed, you kind of went viral, didn't you? With that the... was my first taste <laughs> of viral videoing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, literally, that was that was. 10 years ago. I was going to say, it must be coming up for 10 years ago. Yeah, it'll be 10 years ago next February. Um, And I literally, the only reason I did it was to impress a girl that I was trying to go out with at the time. <laughs> literally, I was like, this will get her right. Um, and yeah, I, you know, like you've seen people and they're showing off, putting all sorts. And I just went stupid. I threw in floor cleaner and then mango chutney and lime pickle and window cleaner and all this sort of stuff and yeah that was in in the evening i woke up the next morning and my mate went you know your video's just been on loose women I went, what and he went yeah and it's just been on anglia news as well <laughs> yeah, for, had... for, for anyone listening who don't 
actually understand what Ed did. It's a TV programme. <laughs> Ed, Ed made the most terrific drink that would have killed someone if you drank it, and he poured it down the sink. And yeah, said, no, I didn't actually drink it. He didn't drink it and just said, look, stop being stupid. This, this pour is, it down the drain. Pour it down the drain. And it did actually spawn something for for a charity that Ed and I have both been involved in. I'm wearing the hat, actually, as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Robin, Robin Cancer Trust. They mm. then turned that into Check Nominate, mm. where you would post a picture of yourself with your hand in your trousers or down your towel or in your pants. That was that was only a couple of months later. It was. I remember that. Yeah, to- Toby Freeman, the incredible CEO of the Robin Cancer Trust, acted very quick on what was a trend and really, mm. really turned it into something positive. With men checking checking their own testicles, and taking yeah. a picture of it and yeah. posting it on social media. That was when I was a lot slimmer and went to the gym a lot. Yeah, you were quite ripped. To share it. You were quite ripped yeah. at the time, weren't you? Yeah, but now probably not. Yeah, I've always been one of those guys that just if I see something that just annoys me, I just want to do good and make it better. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a man thing. I think we're we're problem solvers, the majority of us, and that's the good it's part. Been... Of, good part of our psyche that. Yeah, well, you think like if your missus comes in from work, she goes, "I've oh, this, 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 and this," like, and all of a sudden, us as men, we go, "Right, who can I? Who do I have to hurt, or who, who, what do I have to do to sort it out?" When actually, she just wants you to just listen, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the thing. But yeah, like, I think what. What we're trying to do to look like now is try and make a, make a problem slightly less of a problem. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think the old act of a problem shared is a problem halved is so mm. tr- is so true. Yeah, Any, anyone that's actually shared a problem with a friend, they must know how true that is. Yeah, and I think I don't think anyone that has opened up about their mental health in any, however, of a degree they have opened up can say they feel worse off for doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you do. It's, I, I had the, the analogy. It's like your thoughts is like blowing air into a balloon. If you just keep storing them and storing them, at some point, that's going to go bang. But if you talk, it's like letting that air back out of the balloon. And it's like a pressure valve. You don't have to do all of it. You don't have to just dump everything on someone in one go. But even if you just go... I've had a crap day today. This person did this and I'm just feeling a bit low. That's better than not. Mm. Yeah, that's very, that's very true. I, I can't get the, the sound out of my head now of releasing an air out of a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, so moving forward with the, with the men talk health podcast, obviously you've had a few guests on, um, Marina Lazarus is quite a, a good name in, mm. in, in, especially talking about men's mental health, which yeah. people wouldn't expect from a woman. But I've listened to a lot of her podcasts since she was on yours, and uh, yeah, she's a good listener. She, yeah, Marina's amazing. Like I think, like you say, not many women will go. Well, think about the men, because especially at the moment, it's very much this like a feminist movement and all this sort of stuff and empowering women. But I think she's on this kind of course of, yeah, but if you only empower women, you're going to leave men behind and it's only going to be worse. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Is, is, who are you looking for for the future then? Anyone in particular? Or have you got anything coming up? Do you want to play? We've got, we've got, a, we've got a few, we've got a few. 
whether they may be controversial or not, like Katie Hopkins has agreed to come on the podcast, which will be a very insightful one. Whether Whatever your beliefs are on that woman, mm. she says it from the heart and she says she, she says what she means. Um, and then we got some quite cool ones. I, I'm not sure if you know, he's called the Crazy Ginger Cabbie. Yeah. He's coming on hopefully very soon. And then, yeah, we've got a few few more well-known faces which we're yet to confirm but yeah we've got some kind of olympians and stuff like that coming on as well because my goal is you, to, you see people especially comedians and sports people you see sports people especially very successful in their fields all these medal winners but no one believes a lot of them have come through this mental health battle whatever they're struggling with to be winners I think people, it's good for people to see that story yeah. because you just see, oh, so-and-so, gold, Olympic gold medalist, but you don't see the the 10-year story previous where maybe they've tried to take their own life or they've gone through an addiction and got through it to become that champion. Yeah, that's, to be fair, with what, you know, Scott and myself are doing, I mean, we, we've had some some boxers on our podcast We've also we speak to hockey players on our own ones. Uh, Scott, you've just started having some sort of some of the professional players on, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, has it ever been brought up with them? I know I've brought it up with a couple of the guys and girls that I've had on mine about just the mental health of performing. Because I mean, you could be you know, a good skater, a good ice hockey player, but can you do it in front of three thousand people screaming at you in the barn? To be honest, no, it hasn't, and it's. Uh made me think about it really because we always when we're talking to these players they always just say it was my dream since I was four mm. that is the go-to answer and because you say it's their dream and you think oh well, well they've worked hard for it and they've got it um but the reality is maybe they're not fully satisfied with what they're doing as well because no disrespect to my league we are probably the 11th 12th best league in the world they probably had aspirations to be playing in the NHL and they've not got there, but they're still playing the game they love. And let's face it, when you're playing in Canada and America and you get me picking you up from the airport and you got taken to Coventry, it it is it is a shot. We did have a, a quick chat with Jack Billings about it, who was a former pro last year. Um and he was saying it was a tough it was a tough battle thinking about it. And yeah, you just don't think it's good. It's a good point. I, I never really thought because because we're trying to be cheery about it. It's something that I will consider just to see what these players say because some some will have their guard up. But I think some will be very open into what it's saying. So yes. something I will consider for my future episodes. Well, some of the lads I've spoken to have kind of said that they they've either developed mental pathways of blocking it out. So to them, they're just on the ice with eleven other guys playing a game. But to some of them, it will it will get to them because I brought in my own experience of when I was a, an unlicensed boxer that I can do ten week camp. I look terrific in the gym. My technique is flawless. I'm dropping people in sparring, and then I get to the fight night. The big lights come on. The refs there. The announcers doing it there, and I'm I'm mentally not there. I freeze. Mm. I can't bring out anything that I know I can do, and. It's incredibly frustrating. And I, I wouldn't consider myself to be mentally weak, especially with, you know, what I've been through in my life. I've, I've considered myself quite mentally strong. 
but that barrier I can't break down. And I think as well you got you got the flip side as well. Like it's but what people don't think is like when you're a sportsman, especially a professional athlete, you are going through daily. Like you're not just turning up on a I don't know like when you're playing football, you're not turning up at Saturday at three o'clock for it going right. Let's have a kickabout. It's every morning and all these. All, well, I know a lot of swimmers and gymnasts, especially, that they're at a swimming pool at half four in the morning. Yeah. And Matt, like, I know what it feels like. I get, I get to the gym for 6 a.m. every morning. I try my best. But when it's peeing it down with rain and blowing old boots, you just think, what's the point? And Im- imagine all of that, and you're going through that every week. And then you get to, if you're playing football, get to get to the ground at, midday and, you, uh, and then the coach goes you're on a bench today son that mental just kicking kicking the knackers it's and if that keeps happening it's not you don't even have to worry about the thousands of people screaming how crap you are <laughs> you're yeah. just worried about like am i good enough and i think this is where it, then it comes back if your aspirations i don't know playing hockey and you want to go to the nhl but you never meet it that has got to be one of the big swift kicks, isn't it? Yeah, and we've had players over here that that obviously have played in the NHL, haven't they? But they've not, you know, they've not killed it. They've not done, you know, two hundred <laughs> games, or whatever. They might have had a handful of games, mm. and then they drop to the AHL or the ECHL, and then finally make their way over to Europe. Whereas, they, I mean, the game here is improving without doubt. A lot of the foreign players that play here, or import players, as, as we refer to them, are always pleasantly surprised at the level of the young players in this country. Um, particularly, in all honesty, it's something I've I've tried to fight. You can't fight it. The North owns hockey in this in this country. It's a bit like, it's a bit like rugby league, isn't it? Yeah. Rugby yeah. league. There's no, there's no, there's no teams from the South that, that rule rugby league either. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah you've got London Broncos who just made it back to the Super yeah. League, but, I mean, they're going to struggle. But yeah, it's such a Northern sport and I relate so much to rugby league to I do to ice hockey. Mm. I watch both and um yeah. It's just it's a different game. I was just played on different different surfaces to be fair. <laughs> yeah, well, a similar game on different surfaces. Yeah, that's the word, yeah. 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 <laughs> but no, it's um yeah, like I think in sport it's a big thing for these guys to talk. And I think that platforms like this, uh obviously, you know, Ed you'll be, you know, aiming at your, you know, professional athletes from a lot of arenas <clears> to get them to come on and talk. Scotty and the boys at three on three, you know, the, the guys in the elite league that come on, it's, it's really great exposure for them as well. And with, at, at my level, Dan, you know, we're in the NIHL one South Britain division. We're a couple of divisions underneath the elite league, but I think the guys and girls that I'm speaking to enjoy coming onto a platform where they can speak quite candidly and openly about their sport, about their experiences in it. And as, as you've said, to stop this just being a monthly thing, about their mental health. It's it's something that I've been building up to, to, to this month. I keep, you know, the odd question with, mm. with everybody, you know, you know, how do you deal with that? Well, you know, when the big group, you've got an injury, how do you, how do you deal with that mentally? Because we need to speak about it all year, not just one month of the year. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of podcasts that I've seen are starting to come around to that, not having like just every podcast being about mental health, but, even at the beginning or even at the end, just are you okay? Yeah. Like, how are you feeling? I think 
it's those little conversations that that make that snowball effect. Because if you if you see more people going, not just you're all right because we're British and we go, yeah, cool. But if you go, how are you feeling? It's a lot more difficult to blag your way out of it because yeah. you it, it's not a concept we 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 know. We just you're all right, mate. Yeah, not not bad at all, mate. But if you go, how are you feeling? You kind of you tricked. And you yeah. kind of more you're open up, and I think the more times you do that, and the more people, it's that subconscious thing again. The more times you see it, it just becomes the norm. And who knows? We might then just get home and just go, go. I don't know. Text your mate or see your mum and go, "How are you feeling?" Instead of just going, "How are you?" or, or "You're right." Just how are you feeling? And it's those. It's to normalise questions. I think. Yeah, and I think that's I like where. That. Yeah, I love that. I think that's where the stigma's got to end, isn't it? Is normalising the conversations. Yeah, because it's made out to be this big thing. Like when a when a player, like I saw recently, a footballer. Well, it was Deli Alley when he said he struggled with his mental health, and everyone's oh, amazing! That was amazing that he's come out and talked about his mental health. Yeah, that is it is brave, and I'm not saying it's not because that's what we want men to know that the bravest thing you can do is actually open up about your mental health and talk, but it shouldn't be like a, like this big carnival when someone opens up about their mental health. That's because then you're building up that, that stress because you think it's that monumental moment. Like my eldest daughter came out to me when she said that she was gay. I went, okay. And she couldn't commit like compute that because she was expecting this, Big a, reaction. Yeah, massive reaction, like a party or whatever. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, as long as you're happy, I'm happy. And I think the same with mental health. We need to be just going to people, just talk. Like, it's not a massive event. Like, you don't have to build yourself up to talk. Just, just talk. And I think you, if you can do that and encourage more people to think like that, more conversations will happen. Absolutely. That that I think there, mate, is a brilliant place to leave it. <laughs> Sounds good to me, gentlemen. <laughs> I've really, really enjoyed your company this evening. I hope we've covered an awful lot of topics. Mm. Um, after if, if this is on YouTube, uh, the, after the video, all the numbers, all the names of all the relevant charities that you may need will be up there. Uh, do follow the It's Okay campaign and the Men Talk Health podcast, and reach out to Ed and the guys there. You know, if you feel you need to. And all you guys in the UK that love your hockey, make sure you follow in the three-on-three boys and get your Elite League fix from them weekly. And no, I enjoyed like- it tonight, boys. It's not, as I said, it's um, it's not something that I'm very, very comfortable with, but I'm glad I've done this tonight. Ed, you said some brilliant things there that I think will resonate and stay in my mind. Mm. Uh, so thank you. Not a problem. Ben, love you, mate, as always. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's not too bad, is he? <laughs> no, no, I don't do too bad. Not for, not for a... Well, I can't put myself down now. That's just going to be going against no. the thing of it. Yeah. <laughs> but ge- gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Really have appreciated it. Cheers, thank you. Podcast Network.